0: Hey, y'all. At the end of this episode, I mentioned an apology. I don't want to give too much away, but unfortunately, I lost the apology. If somebody finds it after listening to the show, it's really, really worth listening to. And also, send that shit to me. (laughs) Anyway, enjoy the show. Hey, everyone. You're tuned in to Unfiltered Black Holly, a podcast about whatever the F I want. Join me, T Sharon, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. for conversations about everything from true crime to conspiracies to social media bullshit, everything black, and a whole lot more from an unfiltered black hottie's perspective. Enjoy your earful and catch up with us on our social media platforms. Follow us on Instagram at Unfiltered Black Twitter, you blackhottie. Join the conversation on Facebook at Unfiltered Black Podcast. You can listen to the show in your favorite places to listen to podcasts, including Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Get all this info and everything else you could possibly need about the show at www.ublackhottie.com, including ways to support the show like Patreon or Buy Me A Chai. Unfiltered Black Hottie welcomes everyone but isn't for everyone. Some topics may be sensitive or triggering to certain listeners. Most episodes do have curse words sprinkled throughout. That's your warning. Now let's get to it. Hey everybody! Welcome back to another episode of Unfiltered Black. Howdy. Um, I cannot sleep, so I am up recording at 4:30 a.m. Yes, that is what's happening right now. I'm probably gonna pass out after the, I get done. <laughs> probably not wake up till noon. So before I jump into it, I want to let you guys know that this week's episode may have some triggers i bring up murder and i also bring up um a gay man talking about sexual things with another man so like if you have issues with homophobia grow up now today's episode is about a senseless murder including scott amador john smith and jenny jones do any of y'all remember the jenny jones show I loved that talk show. I remember she used to have, like, these rude Jude segments. Now, looking back, I see that that shit was unnecessary and dumb, and I'm sure it's because her ratings were down. Hmm. Why did Miss Jenny start to lose her flair? I'm about to tell y'all all all about it in this hair episode. I'm going to start the story with Scott Amador. Scott was an army vet who was born in Pittsburgh, January 26, 1968. When he was growing up, his mother was a homemaker, and his dad was a truck driver. He had three brothers and one sister, and he was the baby of the bunch. His family moved to Michigan in 1968. He was still living in Michigan at the time of his death. Scott was openly gay, and if you knew Scott, you knew he was gay. It was not a secret. He was true to himself. He came out while he was in the military, and nobody really cared because his family and friends loved on him anyway. Like, they already knew, you know. He was stationed in Germany and he worked in satellite communications while in the military. But when he got out of the military, he also worked in like satellite communications and then he ended up working at a bar. He was a bomb ass person, and everybody loved him everybody he um this was the nineties, so Scott would take care of like his friends you know AIDS was pretty new, and people were scared of people with AIDS. This was back in a time where, you know, people thought if you touch someone, you can get AIDS. So one of the things that he did was take in his friends who were HIV positive or had contracted AIDS. He was just like a selfless person. He wanted to be on TV, like kind of like a superstar of sorts. Um, he was going to be on TV, but just not in the way that he imagined. Scott was close friends with Donna Riley. I really don't know if I like her yet, but whatever. Um, I didn't really find a whole lot of information about her, which this story is Scott, so I didn't really need a lot of information about her. Scott's brother lived in the same apartments as Donna, so that's how they spent a lot of time together. We also have another player in this episode, John Bitch-Ass Schmitz. He lived in the same apartments, too. He knew Donna... And John met Scott through Donna. Um, He was actually fixing Donna's brakes one day when um, Scott... John was fixing Donna's brakes one day. And Scott was, you know, in the apartments. And he kind of walked up and started helping out while he was fixing his brakes. And baby started crushing almost immediately. He seen that little tight body (laughs) and got to crushing. From then on, he would make it a point to, like, chit-chat and flirt up or whatever with John. The trio eventually started hanging out and drinking together. Not nothing too crazy, though. Just three friends just hanging out. Scott was a big fan of the Jenny Jones show. And so I'm going to give you guys a little bit of background and bio on Jenny Jones and the show. Jenny motherfucking Jones. Well, first of all, sorry for my language, but Jenny Jones is a cunt. She's originally from Palestine. I mean, who knew that? She was born Janina Stronsky on June 7, 1946. She's a 76-year-old Gemini. How fucking gross. Her family moved to Italy and then to Canada. She had a fake-ass interview that I saw, like, um, later in life, and she was saying her earliest memory was when she was two or three and her mom was beating the shit out of her dad. I'm sorry. (laughs) Her dad was beating the shit out of her mom. Jenny Jones started off as a singer and a drummer in a rock band. She was just, like, doing shit at first, just, like, throwing spaghetti and seeing what sticks. She was on game shows, TV shows, even The Price is Right. She won Star Search in 1986 for $100,000 as a stand-up comedy act. Her hair was big and ugly, and I do not like Jenny Jones anymore. Like, after this episode, like, after I did the research and stuff for this episode, like, I never had a problem with Jenny Jones. But after this, I she is, like, my enemy. <laughs> this situation, this story, she played it so, like... So heartless and, like, no compassion. And I don't like people like that. So if you're listening to this episode, Jenny, I'm sorry. I I just don't like you. Please don't sue me because, obviously, I don't have as much money as you. I'm just somebody voicing my opinion. And my opinion is, I don't like your ass, Jenny. So, in 1990s, <laughs> she was approached about doing a TV show. She was really putting herself out there. Like, people were... Seeing her, seeing, you know, this girl is all over the place. She was just trying to be the it girl, just putting herself out there, which is what I respect that. I respect her hustle. She was just doing everything to be seen, and she was seen. So, like I said, in 1990, she was approached to do um, the TV show, and obviously she said yes because in September 1991, the show went live. We live, baby. Jenny Jones was trying to give out, like, a Oprah vibes at first, doing cooking episodes and family shit. But her first two seasons were trash, and the show almost went out the air. So you know what this money-hungry floozy did? She went lower than, snake's belly, than a snake's belly. She flipped on her trash TV switch. She had a little bit of Jerry Springer in there, a little Maury, little Ricky Lake. I guess she figured if you can't beat him, join him, right? Wrong, Jenny. You're an asshole. Now, Scott was a huge fan of The Jenny Jones Show. He watched it every day. His friends and family knew. Don't call him between three and four because he was watching The Jenny Jones Show. Now, one day after seeing the commercial for an upcoming episode, Scott called in wanting to be a guest. The show was about same-sex secret crushes. I'm sure y'all can guess who his crush was. So next thing you know, John gets a call from the Jenny Jones show. They invite him on and tell him that someone wants to bring him on and reveal that they have a secret crush on him. He assumed it was his ex-girlfriend wanting to get back together um, or his ex-fiance. They had been m- engaged and broke up like two or three times over like three or four years. So he just assumed it was her. The show told him it could be a man or a woman. They clearly lied because how could it be a woman? They knew it was a man. However, John agreed to go on the show anyway, hoping that he would find out that his crush was his ex-boo. Now, it's March 5th, 1993, and all three, all three friends arrived to Chicago because um, Scott took Donna for like backup. The show would tape, but it would never air. Now. Did you think Donna had the crush on you? Did I? No, we're good friends. Well, guess what? It's Scott that has the crush on you. You lied to me. (laughs) Uh, before we talk, take a look, at we'll show a little playback of what uh, Scott said about you, uh, John. Take a look at that oh, right monitor there. Here. <laughs> well, it it entails, like, whipped cream and champagne oh. stuff like that. Oh. <laughs> uh, he was, he, Scott was pretty open, but he's been fantasizing about you since he saw you under that car for the first time. He had an under-the-car fantasy, and he had a hammock fantasy he's been telling us about. Did you have any idea that he liked you this much? Um no no no. I did not. Can you tell I did not. us what your status is? I mean, are you involved with anybody or? Um no, but I am uh, definitely a heterosexual. I guess you could say. <laughs> now, when you watch the taping, and you can definitely see this on YouTube because, like I said, it never aired. Um, the first thing you see is Donna and Scott sitting on a stage, and she's asking Scott the questions about his crush. John is backstage with headphones on, so he can't hear anything. When he walks out, he hugs Donna. Because, like, when he comes around the corner, he comes around, like, to Donna's side first. Um, He kind of gives her a hug, like, a big hug. And then he gives, like, Scott this forced-ass hug. And Scott is kind of forcing it. Um, After that, they sit down and start chit-chatting with Jenny Jones. They all look awkward as fuck. And I think everybody up there looks embarrassed to me. Like... Scott was really enthusiastic and laughing and just being himself at the beginning. But when dude came out and like gave him that little bullshit-ass hug, it's like he sat there quiet. It's like he just kind of sat there awkward and quiet and kind of embarrassed, which I would have been embarrassed too. I just brought this man on national TV. I don't know what's about to happen. So um, John looked embarrassed too. A lot of times he was just like covering his face or covering his mouth. I remember seeing an interview on the Netflix documentary, um, Trial by Media. Um, Scott's mom was doing an interview and she said the Jenny Jones show asked Scott to kiss John and give him a bouquet of flowers. Just kind of really play it up. But he said that he wouldn't. Y'all see how messy they are? That's why I don't like Jenny. That's why the first thing I said about Jenny Jones was that she was a, excuse my language, cunt. See how messy? They're just messy. So, as she's retelling the story, like I said, Scott's sitting there quiet as a mouse. John has his hands covering his face, and they both look embarrassed. And when, she, did y'all hear when he said, You guys lied to me? I'm assuming that he maybe saw them at the airport or saw them leaving or something like that. And maybe was like, what y'all doing here? Where y'all about to go? And they lied to him. So I don't really think that he meant that like in a way like, you guys lied to me. I'm going to chop your fucking heads off. I don't think he meant it like that. But, you know, we will never know. I'm a, Like I said, I very saw him in the airport. Um, he lets Jenny Jones, Scott, and Donna know that he is straight. Now, let me pause for a second because on the Netflix documentary, there was a woman on there that was offended that John let everybody know that he was straight. And I don't think that's something that she should have been offended by. Everybody has their own opinion. But if I'm straight and I want to let you know I'm straight, I'm going to let you know I'm straight. I don't feel like he did anything wrong like that. Um, She said he was embarrassed. If you... I mean, if you... Don't want no dick. You don't want no dick. <laughs> so they tape the show and then they go back to the hotel and drink a little bit more because the Jenny Jones show had kind of gave them a tab at the bar. Now apparently they continue turning up after the show, like once they got back home. Because they go out again and keep the party going back at Donna's. Now here comes the drama. Mm, mm, mm. <sighs> In court, like, flashback to 1996, or fast forward to 1996. One of S- Scott's friends was on the stand, and he said that he was told by Scott that this night, when they go back to Donna House, that Scott and John had sex. In a TV interview, Scott's mom said that they had a, quote, unquote, Sexual affair. Donna said they didn't, but she said that Scott was really touchy feely. But she also said that John was like, you know what, y'all, let's just have a threesome. So I really don't know what happened. And like I said, this was on the um, I'm fast forwarding a little bit, and this was on the Netflix documentary. It's I think it's episode one, um, trial by media. So, but I mean, we well, will never really know what happened because. That's just how it is. We just will never know. Now, two days later, three days after the show and two days after they linked up, Scott is visiting the apartments. He's been visiting his brother and or Donna, and he leaves a note on John's car. The note says, if you really want to get it off, I'm the only one who has the right tool. Now, he meant that like in a flirty, sexual kind of way, but also they were having um, issues a couple days before. A couple weeks before about a headlight not coming off like they couldn't get off the car so that's kind of he was talking about the headlight reference and he was also being flirtatious um donna said it wasn't meant to be like oh come give me some of your dick it was just like meant to be funny they thought he would laugh it off unfortunately this set the little homophobic pussy off this little vagina drove to the bank y'all Withdrew some money and then took his raggedy ass to buy a shotgun and ammo and went to Scott's damn house. Like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This dude wrote you a note. You got so mad at words on a piece of paper that you stopped what you was doing. Went to the bank, withdrew some money, went to the gun store, bought a gun and some ammo and then drove to Scott's trailer. First of all, John, who do you think you are? Can y'all imagine if a woman went ballistic every time somebody flirted with her? I remember I was in the gas station in some, like, legging shorts type thing, and I'm buying my stuff, and the guy behind me said, would I be violating if I grabbed me a handful? Now, granted, that's a juvenile song, but what the fuck you think? Now, what if I would have just went nutsy bobo like this little pussy in this story and just shot him? You know what I'm saying? Like, what if I would have just did that? What if a woman does that every time somebody flirt with her and they don't want to? Y'all need to man the fuck up. Like, that's crazy. He went over to his house with this gun and bullets and shit. Huh? So anyway, he go over there like nothing's wrong. He's chatting him up, chit-chatting. Then he asked him about the note. When Scott admitted to John that he wrote the note, this pussy lost all his cool, okay? He told him that he needed to run outside and turn his car off. And he came back in with a shotgun. Now, this is something else I saw in the documentary. And this needs to be remembered. He, when he came back in, he had the gun, like, the shotgun straight up and down, not pointing out, like, about to shoot. Remember that, because that's some bullshit. And he kind of pushed this, you know, came in the door, like, scot the scene with the gun, you know, he's like, what the fuck? So he yelled to his roommate Gary, Gary, help me, he's got a gun. And he pulled up, like, grabbed a chair, like a wicker chair, and kind of put it in front of him, you know, just to kind of protect himself. He didn't know what the fuck was going on. You, your Fake ass was just in here chit-chatting with the man. Now you're going to come back with a gun and try to kill me. What the fuck is going on? So he grabbed the chair to kind of like shield itself. John's ugly, homophobic ass shot Scott in the chest. He fell to the ground and then this pussy shot him again while he lay there on the ground. Yes, he shot him. He falls down, and then he shoot him again while he laying on the ground. Gary, Scott's roommate, said there was smoke and blood coming out of Scott's chest. He was 32 when he was killed in his own home for having a crush on somebody. Mm, 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 mm. John left and called 911. So, yeah, that was his 911 call. After he left Scott and Gary's house, he kind of drove a little bit till he got to a payphone, because payphones existed back then. And he sort of turned himself in. I guess he felt like I did something wrong. I need to, you know, pay the consequences. But you shouldn't have fucking shot him in the first place, punk. So now the trial comes. It was like almost a year not even a year, but it was in 1996 when the trial started. There was some bullshit. I'm just going, that's the long and short of it. It was some bullshit. They tried to play the gay panic defense, which is, you know, like I said, this was in the 90s. So in the 90s, people were scared of gay people or whatever. You notice how I said at the beginning, Scott actually took his gay friends in. People treated The gay panic, like satanic panic, like gayness is taking over the world and he flirted with me and I have to shoot him. No, be a fucking adult and just own up to your bullshit. Like you had no, it don't got nothing to do with gay. You shot him because he had a crush on you and you didn't like that. He made you mad. So fuck the fact that he was gay. You can't get gay from somebody having a crush on you. You fucking idiots. But whatever. Another thing his defense said. That Scott should have apologized. They were saying... John's, uh, One of John's lawyers, and I saw him on TV, and it was like the most despicable thing I ever saw. He actually vomited when, I, when he started talking. He said that Scott should have apologized. He said when... John went to Scott's house and he could see that he was visibly upset. He should have apologized. Hey, I didn't mean to take you on Jenny Jones. I didn't know you would get mad. Hey, I didn't mean to put the note on your car. It was supposed to be a joke. Because Donna even said on the stand herself that they thought it would be something that he just laughed about. Because he obviously knew that he was gay. And he was comfortable being around this gay dude. And people can fucking joke with you. You ain't nobody, John. Another thing his lawyer said that I really was like, you little punk bitch. So you remember I told you guys that Scott held up that chair, that wicker chair. And I'm actually put this, I'm going to try to find a picture and put it in the um the uh, Instagram page. But you remember how I said he held up the chair or whatever. The freaking defense team was saying when Scott held up that chair that he... Was making it so John had to defend himself. Are you serious? Are you serious? Yes, they tried to blame Scott for John coming over there killing him, that when he had the chair up, John was defending himself by shooting him. Bitch, you got bullets. This is a chair don't Don't do that. Why can't y'all just own up to the fact that John was wrong for shooting him and he deserved to get punished? For shooting this innocent man. Another thing they tried to bring up was um, the fact that John had Graves' disease. And he dealt with depression because of his Graves' disease. Depression don't make you kill people. If anything, and if I'm wrong, and if anybody that has suffered, you know, with depression issues is upset, I apologize. But if anything, you're going to kill your damn self. You're not going to kill somebody else. But here's a little tee t -t 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 hee hee Scott's brother has grave disease and he's dealt with depression. He ain't killed nobody. So cut that shit. He had been accused of being gay before because he, like I said, he was engaged to a woman for like three or four years. They never got engaged, they never got married, they never went through with it. So his family had came at him before and asked him if he was gay. Donna said that on the Jenny Jones show. Right on the set, she said the shit. So don't get mad at Scott. Be mad at your family for accusing you of being gay. I got to take a sip of this wine real quick, y'all. Hold on. For the white wine drinkers, Kroger has this wine. And it's at other stores, but I always see it at Kroger because it be on sale. It's called like Verdi. V-E-R-D-I. It's like $4.99. And it gets me pretty tipsy and freaky. Anyway, back to the story. So, yeah. He'd been accused of being gay. He had attempted suicide before. So basically, the defense was just kind of saying that he was just fragile. He was in a state where anything could happen, and Scott should have been aware of that. He, He didn't know how to tell Scott that he was fragile. And they felt like that Scott was saying, I'll do what I want to who I want, how I want, because I am a gay man and I'll get away with whatever the fuck I want. No, Scott was just, you know, just being a fucking human being, having a crush on somebody like what the hell. The defense also blamed Jenny Jones for embarrassing and humiliating Scott. I'm sorry, John and exposing him on TV, which they call trash TV or ambush TV. Because y'all remember how Jenny Jones and all those shows used to be, you know, you would come out and they'd be like, oh, well, by the way, I'm sleeping with your husband. Or, by the way, I've been sleeping with your sister for six months. Like, bashing them, you know, bringing that shit out on TV for the world to know. That's some bullshit. But whatever. So, yeah, they blame Jenny Jones. Um, and another thing... It's like, did they sleep together? Did Scott even tell people that slept together? We seen his friend came on the stand and said that, you know, he told them they slept together. We heard what his mom said, but we don't know for real. John ain't going to tell the truth. I mean, Donna did say he was being touchy-feely, but is that a reason for you to kill somebody? No. Also on the stand, his dad came up there. John's dad came on there, and he says the word, you know, I apologize. He says the word faggot all the time. He even asked the lawyer, how would you on, in court, y'all? He asked the lawyer, how would you feel people thought you were gay? Uh, the same? If you're not gay, why would you care if somebody thought you was gay? Like, make that make sense. He actually said that John called him from a bar um, after the show and said, well, it didn't go like I wanted to, Dad. You know, the person who had the crush on me was a man. It wasn't The ex-girlfriend. So, I mean, he didn't sound like he was about to kill somebody to his dad. But, you know, his daddy probably hyped his head up. All those fucking faggots or some shit like that. Because his daddy is just as ignorant as him. But like I said, you know, we will never know. Because John is not going to tell the truth. And again, stop saying that you, you know, using Graves' disease and depression as an excuse. Because Richard scott's brother has both make that shit make sense they even went drinking after the show like john was just a a bitch flat out he was a bitch this was your friend yeah he said he had a crush on you but that doesn't change the friendship let him know own one of your dick and keep it moving because y'all still was hanging out like this is ridiculous to me now he confessed two times two times but the, fe- the fucking confessions were not able to be used because the police fumbled two times. He was not read his Miranda rights. So that confession really didn't work. It really didn't matter after the fact. Now, he was sentenced. He was charged with um, second degree murder and he was sentenced to 25 years. Both of the families blamed Jenny Jones and Scott Amador's family actually sued um, Warner brothers and they won $25 million. So that happened now real quick. I want to rewind real quick and let you guys know the difference between first degree murder and second degree murder. First degree murder is worse. Cause it's like premeditated. It's when you actually plan that shit. Okay. This bitch get off at four 30. I'm going to be outside her job at four 31. I'm sorry. I'm going to be outside her job at four twenty seven. So I can chop this bitch head off. Already dug the grave. That's premeditated murder. Second degree, I'm sorry, that's first degree matter. Second degree is not premeditated, but it's deliberate. It's like you had the gun on you and you said you was going to shoot this bitch, but you didn't know she was going to be getting off working for a 30 and you just happened to be by her job and you shot her. That's second degree. <laughs> so back to what I was saying, um, the Amador family sued Jenny Jones and they won $25 million from Warner Brothers, but they appealed. And that shit was overturned. And three years later, they lost. Court TV actually made so much money off of this family. Only to not fucking pay them the money. Which I thought was really fucked up. Court TV recorded and aired the trial. Court TV is owned by Warner Brothers. The people that the family was suing. So they made money hand over fist. They made so much money off of this shit. Just the publicity. It's crazy. Jenny Jones was a real bitch in all this. I mean, I think she wasn't necessarily wrong because she's just the face. She don't necessarily know everything that's going on on the Jenny Jones show. And I think I felt like I didn't like this whore because she didn't really take any responsibility. A little bit. of She didn't even apologize. Like she made it seem like, oh, well, he and, and it's true. He did still choose to come on the show. He still chose to come on the show when they said it could be a man or a woman. Knowing it could not be a man or a woman. It could only be a man. Knowing that, they still, he still chose to come on the show. But at the same time, it's like, y'all lied at the beginning and told him it could be a man or a woman. Knowing it could not have been a fucking woman. So it's like, she was wrong. Warner Brothers was wrong. I think everybody was wrong. Scott was the only person who didn't do nothing wrong, I feel like. He was the only person that kept it real. He was the only person that was true to himself, blah, blah, blah. And he died. He was the only person that did not have some bullshit going on. I don't think Jenny Jones personally was at fault because John killed Scott. She did not, you know, pull the trigger. But I think if he would have never been on that show you know she would have uh, if he would have never been on the show he scott would still be alive so i think everybody's at fault i play her apology also i want to i just want to know how you guys feel about it do you think that jenny jones show was at fault i do I just want to know what you guys think do you think that Warner Brothers should have paid her I think they should have just left well enough alone and let them keep that damn money because they son is dead no amount of money would bring Scott back but damn y'all could at least pay it because then y'all made another bazillion dollars when y'all aired the fucking trial okay make it make sense hope you guys have a wonderful day and Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Unfiltered Black Hottie. (laughs) If you enjoyed the show, leave your girl a five-star review and brag on me just a little bit. Feel free to send in episode suggestions, questions, comments, or concerns, or whatever you want to unfilteredblackhottie at gmail.com. For everything else, as always, check out www.ublackhottie.com.